Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Galit Speaks. I have a special guest with me today, um, Dr. LJ Johnson, uh, PsyD, IHP, FDNP, IIN. Well, a lot of credentials. <laughs> oh, I'm still just a regular old human. I'm just yes. doing education as far as natural health, holistic health. That's what all those commas are for. But I'm your girl, LJ. Super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. So Dr. LJ is actually a women's hormone coach specializing in endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids. LJ has worked in the women's health and fitness industry for over 20 years while overcoming her own diagnosis of endometriosis. Her passion is to empower, motivate, and educate all women that they too can have quality of life despite their symptoms or diagnosis. So I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> That's in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is really so important because, I mean, I feel like there are so many more women suffering than we hear about. Right. And I know, like, so I, I will just be 100% honest, like, on a very personal level, I have been going through some hormone issues. I've been going through some things. And as soon as I saw your your qualifications, I was just like, yes, I must have her on the show because I suffered in silence for so many years. And and not even not even necessarily because I was silent, but because nobody took me seriously. So it didn't matter. Yes. Right. That is so huge. I, I'm right there. I feel like we're sisters from another mister. I, I hate that you've had to go through that, but that is part of my journey. And that's what pivoted my business. I was traveling the world, doing all the things, you know, telling everyone how to look healthy, how to be healthy, how to balance their hormones. And then all of a sudden it was like, baby, pump the brakes because this ish you're saying on stage is no longer working for you. Real talk. Like I was gaining weight. I was passing out during my period. I was, you know, going to conferences and people telling me, congratulations, when are you due? And you're like, uh, I'm not due any day, not even pregnant. This is called endometriosis bloated. This is, this is kind of the look I'm rocking here. <laughs> so I totally get what you're saying. And then the dismissive doctors, me going in and saying it was, you know, period pain, pelvic pain, and they're being like, oh, you know, LJ, honey, I got you birth control. And it was like, ah, as soon as I said period issues, they stopped hearing everything else. And it was like, they were missing the fact that I had horrible cystic acne, chronic sinus infections, joint pain. I was having nosebleeds during my period. I would be bleeding outside of my period. I'd have pelvic pain and cramping and clots outside of my period. But once again, once I heard period pain, they kind of shoved me into this, oh, it's a period problem. And they were ignoring all the other things that were going on that were debilitating. Like you said, nobody wants to talk about it. No one wants to be the girl that always has, you know, a period problem. You know, she's just not a strong woman, you know, especially for me, you know, oh, she's just not being a strong black woman. And that's kind of the story I got from my mom. And it was like, I don't know if it wasn't me being a strong black woman, but I was passing out during my period. I was having, you know, murder scene periods. I was, you know, wearing a super tampon and a pad at the same time and still running back and forth to the bathroom every hour. You know, I was bloated. I was constipated. I was in pain. I mean, I'd sat around saying things like, I hate my body. I hate my uterus. And it was all because I had a diagnosis that I hadn't gotten. And then once I got the diagnosis, I just wasn't given a lot of options and a lot of hope. Yeah. So it, it's crazy to hear that because I, I, I mean, I know that it's going on, right? I've gotten mm -hmm. 
time. I just recently learned um, I don't have endometriosis. I have something called adenomyosis. Adeno, yes, adenomyosis. It's like Hindo's cousin, yes. Yeah, (laughs) and what's crazy is I must have had this from when I started having my period because Mm -hmm. my periods have been like this since age 12, right? I've always had like extremely painful periods and – and like extremely heavy and I bleed for eight days and everyone's like, oh, you just have it pretty bad, whatever. <laughs> It'll be fine. Here's some Motrin. Or yeah, exactly. The other thing was, let me just put you on birth control, which mm-hmm. is going to fuck up all of your other hormones. Right. And- Let's just turn off your period and everything will be better. And it's like, mm, the messed up period is just a symptom. It's just a side effect of what's really going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I literally, it's so weird that you say that because my gynecologist last year, before even diagnosing me with this, I went to somebody else and just got mm-hmm. this diagnosis like two weeks ago maybe. Wow. So it's Um, new. It's fresh. It's really fresh for me. Um, But last year I was having, um, so I had, I had another issue where I had COVID and then I was getting my period twice a month. Right. And, um, and then all of a sudden I got a heart condition and my gynecologist literally said, well, it's with your heart, heart condition, POTS, it is generally worse um, when you have your period. So I'm just going to put you on something to stop your period completely. Right. And I went, no, you're not. That's not mm-hmm. how this works. We don't just like mess with something else in the body because, you know, this is this two things are not, this does not equal this. Right. right, you don't right. Just, like, like they're connected, but right. turning off one isn't going to cure the other. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I need you to actually listen to me and not give me these like, okay, I'm not going to do any more testing on you. We're not going to figure out what the the issue is. We're just going to shut off your period and hope this other issue goes away. Like and it's almost like you're almost too far gone. Like we don't even want to waste the resources because there's just nothing we can do. So, you know, it's just the whole like, oh, we're just going to turn it off, which is totally not right. But that's what they do. And I, you know, my heart goes out to OB-GYNs because sometimes I think it's the easiest thing. They've only got seven to 10 minutes max to talk to us. You know, as soon as they hear period pain, they just kind of silo us into this one thing. But like you said, the adenomyosis and that period pain and things that were going on, you know, yeah, it's kind of a reproductive issue and period issue when it comes to adeno. But the POTS, the chronic systemic inflammation, you know, all of these other things you have going and then, you know, to bring in COVID, you know, with the scamdemic that, you know, increased inflammation, the cytokine war, your body was suffering and just coming in and turning off your period was, you know, like, oh, well, we turn off the period, we turn off POTS. If it was just that simple, you know, if it was was that simple, we'd airdrop that to everyone and fix everyone's period, (laughs) you know, fix everyone's hormonal imbalance. But it's, it's frustrating when you're chasing a diagnosis. It's frustrating. Like you said, it's very fresh. It's very new for you. Um, It took a while for me to kind of sit in my diagnosis and be like, okay, this is what's going on. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I felt good. Like, okay, I'm not crazy. Right. I know that I've been going to the doctor, you know, they're telling me it's all in my head and I'm like, yeah, I have a sinus issue. There's ear, nose and throat, but I'm like, there's something going on in my body. So it was validating. But then I always, like I said, it's like that throat punch Thursday where it's like, Oh, by the way, there's not a lot we can do. So do you want to just shut up and go back on the pain pills and birth control? And so that was kind of like, okay, 
now what? Like, what do I do now that I have this diagnosis? Like, what does my quality of life look like? And for many, it's just the whole, you know, turn off your period, it'll be better. But with the Dino, so let's kind of talk about that. So a Dino is Endo's twin sister. So endometriosis is uterine-like tissue found outside of the uterus. So that's endometriosis. So that could be in your shoulder. I had some in my sinus cavities. It can be in your toe. It can be in your ankle. It can be in your lungs. It can be everywhere but inside of your uterus. So it's not a reproductive disorder, but it definitely does exasperate, you know, any type of period issues, hormone imbalances, et cetera. Now, adenomyosis, so that's E-A-D-E-N-O, adeno, that's inside of the uterus. So that is definitely more of a period issue. Now it's not siloed to the period because like you said, it can exasperate POTS. It can cause joint pain, the heavy bleeding, the anemia, the blood sugar issues, all of that comes with the Dino. And so it's finding out like, what are your options after that? I mean, all of it is very much hormonally driven, especially when you come to endometriosis, it's creates its own lesions outside of the uterus. It's chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body. And then you've got a Dino. And for many people that deal with the Dino, you know, there is sometimes that underlying endometriosis that is diagnosed afterwards because that chronic systemic inflammation in those lesions. So it's, it's a lot to take in. And I say all of that, not for, to put people in fear, but to let you know that, you know, there are people like myself and other practitioners, like this is what we specialize in. And not just because we went to school and we're like, oh, this seems really challenging and we'll help people with this. For me, it was my own journey. Like I was having to turn down work. I was having to shut down my practice. I wasn't able to raise my two children. Um, it was affecting my quality of life, not to mention all of the medical debt. I mean, that could be a whole podcast, like the medical debt, the rabbit hole of yeah. all the testing, all the stuff my insurance wouldn't pay for, all the treatments they put me through before they'd actually give me what I needed. Like it's a whole racket of, you know, things going on. And so adenomyosis and endometriosis are really challenging challenging to get a diagnosis. And then it's kind of, you know, what I do is kind of find a way that you can have quality of life and kind of give you those hacks and those tips so that you're not being just driven by the symptoms 24 seven. Yeah. I, it's crazy that you, that you talk about it. That's also something like so huge, all of this, like the, the racket that is insurance companies and just not wanting to pay for things. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, for myself, like I literally had an MRI yesterday and paid for it out of pocket because mm. it would have been double if I would have gone through my insurance. So it's like completely a racket. I pay $800 a month for insurance <laughs> and then have to go and do a self-pay on radiology because they're going to charge me double. Right. And we're afraid to use the insurance, kind of like car insurance, yeah. health insurance and car insurance. We have to have it, but then you don't want to file a claim because you know it's going to cost you more in the end. And it doesn't make any sense, not to mention with insurance and when you're dealing with reproductive issues, it's typically like, well, we're not going to do, I know for endometriosis, it's like, well, we're not going to do these other treatments unless you try birth control, unless you do these other things. And so for some of us, I mean, I'll be honest and I don't come from the high horse of this is what you need to do. I'm like, baby, I come from the low been there done that horse like I was in the racket I did the birth control I did the procedures 
but my quality of life wasn't getting any better. And I was also, like you said, paying for all these alternative things, paying for all this other training, you know, going back to school, getting education, trying to figure out like, honestly, like what the hell was going on with my body? What was wrong with me? And it was relieving to get the diagnosis. And then I really had to sit in. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just endometriosis is a very aggressive, you know, non-reproductive disorder. And it's chronic illness that I'm going to have to manage for the rest of my life. And so that was something that it took me a while. And I'm sure you're kind of still in that process of like, okay, now I know that I'm not crazy. I know that I'm not making all this up. I'm somewhat validated, but then it's like, what the heck do I do now? Yeah. So let me ask you for someone like, She's me, like what do I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I have been doing all of the things, right? I see a naturopath, which of course I pay for out of pocket. Yep. Um, and do hormone testing and stuff like that, which I have another round um, of hormone testing coming up to see, you know, where I am now. But like, what do I do? Where do you go? Where do you start? Right. Well, I love some of the things you said. So I'm going to circle back. Number one, do what my girl's doing right now, advocating for herself and taking back her power. She didn't say, I got the diagnosis and I'm waiting for my doctor to call me and create my nutrition plan and give me all the answers. So here's the deal. I'd like to keep it 100. If you're sitting around waiting for your doctor to call you and be like, hey, we, we're, we created a plan. We know exactly it's not going to happen. Put the phone down. Wait, you're waiting on the call. You'll be there all. You'll be there the rest of your life. You have to advocate for yourself and take back your power. Naturopath, functional medicine, integrative medicine is the way to go. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes you may have to bring in a pharmaceutical. Maybe you are losing a lot of blood and you need to get transfusions. You need to get infusions. This is the thing. I think sometimes people are like, I want to heal myself naturally, but then they're like, but I won't take a pharmaceutical. I mean, real talk at the beginning of this year, as part of my healing journey, I had explant surgery. I had my breast implants removed. I like all natural, but your girl was not about to lay there with no pain reliever and nothing afterwards, right? Like I had to, you know, you got to use some wisdom here, right? So there is a happy medium. Just because you may have to bring in a pharmaceutical to help you on your healing journey does not mean you're not natural or holistic, but we're always striving to get outside of the pharmaceuticals. We're always striving to not be on 10, 15 medications for the rest of our lives. So like you said, working with the naturopath, working with someone like myself, doing the hormone testing, especially because, and I'm not sure which one you're doing, but there's a saliva test and then there's the Dutch test, which is maybe what you're doing to really look at those hormone pathways and see not just, oh, hey, yeah, you guys, your hormones are okay. They look good. Oh, they're high, they're low. But no, like this is where your hormone levels are, but let's take it a step further, more advanced. This is what your body's actually doing and metabolizing. And this is what pathways it's pushing them through. This is why you're detoxing. This is why you're not detoxing. That type of advanced additional information is huge. And it's so funny. I was just on Instagram before I got on here and someone was poo-pooing, you know, like hiring a coach and this, that, and the other. And I was like, you know, I kind of get what they're saying, but then I'm like, it costs just as much money to be miserable. You know, I, it cost me just as much money to not be able, especially at the beginning of my entrepreneur, I was the main talent in my business. I didn't have a VA. I didn't have an assistant. So if I wasn't able to show up, I wasn't making money. If I wasn't able to get my kids ready for school, they were missing school. And it wasn't because, you know, mom was out drinking all night and partying. Like I couldn't get out of the bed. I couldn't get them dressed. Like it was like, you either spend money. And I feel like there's a little bit of tangent, right? But you either spend money advocating for yourself 
or you spend yeah. money letting the disease just drag you around. So like you said, you're working with a naturopath, doing the testing, and then also being open to where you're going to have to bring in some alter, you know, some alternative um methods of treatment, having like an entire team, right? That may be some acupuncture, maybe some pelvic physical therapy because all of those muscles are tight down there. It could be something like coffee enemas. It could be infrared sauna. And so you have to, when you're dealing with hormones, you have to remember that Hormones are, yes, are an issue, but the gut health is the foundation. So if you don't have good gut health, if you're not pooping two, three times a day, if you're one of those people where you're like, oh, when my period comes, my bowels stop and I don't poop for two weeks, like that's a big deal. And so sometimes I think we want to heal ourselves naturally, but we don't want to invest in that, like you said, paying for that additional services that we need. And so this is another thing I noticed, even on Amazon, as I'm thinking about this, they were like, you can now use your HSA and FSA card because sometimes people are like, I want to, you know, I want to hire you, but I don't have the money. You can use your, you know, those cards to buy the things that you need. And so I think it's becoming more accessible where you can get the natural medicine, where you can get that integrative health. But on Honestly, putting yourself in your driver's seat is typically going to be, you know, using your insurance for all that it will give you. But knowing that if you have an advanced disease, if you have an advanced chronic illness like adeno, endometriosis, PCOS, fibroids, those types of things, you know, maybe even when you're dealing with perimenopause, you're going to have to really look at those natural methods, you know, and really create. I think what I do with my patients is we create a blueprint because knowing, you know, that you have adeno, you're let's just use for an example. And I'm, I'm going to do it like you're a patient. I'm like, for for example, for you, right? If the heavy bleeding, that's something we want to look at, right? I would be like, what are we can do to bring in iron rich foods? Not just, you know, what, you know, make sure you have extra tampons, but it's like, okay, what does that look like? For example, you run a podcast. There are probably times and correct me if I'm speaking out, this is totally like impromptu, but you know, you've got a podcast, you've got a business when you're having that heavy bleeding. I bet that energy isn't like, oh, let me go out and record 15 podcasts. Right. So it's kind of like, creating a, a lifestyle that not just embraces a Dino as a crutch of like, oh, I have a Dino. I can't show up today. It's more like, oh no, I have a Dino. These are some things I do in the morning. I get up in the morning. I'm making sure that I'm, you know, getting proper sleep. I'm maybe using a castor oil pack to help with my detox pathways. You know, I'm drinking my lemon water in the morning to get my, you know, body going. I, you know, I'm a heavy bleeder. So I'm bringing in iron rich foods. I'm bringing in leafy greens, possibly some supplements. You know, it's also taking it a step further to where nutrition is great, but it's also your fitness, your mindset, your lifestyle as an entrepreneur, scheduling when you're going to do your recordings, right? Scheduling when you're going to be like, hey, LJ would love to work with you today, but today it's a no. Today is not, you know, knowing what your cycle is. And so cycle syncing is important as well, especially when you have a hormonal imbalance, because then you're not fighting your cycle. It's not like, oh gosh, here comes my period. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. It's more like, okay, my cycle is coming. These are some things I need to do to kind of prepare my body so that I'm not inflamed, where I'm not dealing with butt lightning and all these cramps and pain, but I can still show up in my business and show up in my life versus your cycle being an actual, you know, event to where it stops you in your tracks and you can't do normal things. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have been there where it does. I mean, like a week out of every month, I'm kind of like just fumbling through things and just, you know, just by the force of refusing to let it take me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, we're like, you are not taking me down this month, baby. Heck no. Yeah, like, I have shit to do. So right? I'm going to do, I'm going to sit and I'm going to do the bare minimum. And honestly, I will tell you, 
the reason that I don't do recorded podcasts is because the lives, they force me, right? Like no matter what, I have a schedule that I'm going to be there and I may not be, you know, the best. Like I may not, I I live by the, as long as I give a hundred percent of what I have that day, Correct. Then I'm okay. Even if my 100% is not the same one day to the next, but just having that live is like, this is accountability, right? I use my audience to hold me accountable. I'm going to show up for you Mm -hmm. and I'm going to come on here and every Wednesday we're going to have a conversation and every Monday we're going to have a conversation. And, And that's just what I've built because I know that for some reason, if it's just for me, I'm not going to show up necessarily. But if I have that accountability partner, if I have that other, mm-hmm. you know, the audience waiting for me, I'm going to show up no matter what. And I'm going to show up as yes. I am. No makeup, you know, right? like, whatever it is. I'm. But what I love up. about that, 100% authentic. You're 100% real. You're 100% authentic and people can respect that. I mean, think of everyone that's hiding in plain sight. Someone's probably listening to this right now and being like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. My girl's showing up twice a week. I didn't even know her period was that bad. You know, some people are like, I think that's a little TMI. Is it TMI? Because you're probably sitting in your office suffering in silence right now. I mean, yeah. is it really TMI? I'm not saying you need to bring in a big poster saying I've got fibroids, but I mean, is it really TMI to know your body and be like, all right, this week I feel amazing energy. Next week I need to nurse my body. It's really, like I said, turning your period into your superpower versus just letting your cycle and the symptoms drag you around. And I know it's tough. I mean, when you've got horrible cystic acne and you've got the crazy rash before your period and you're bloated, yeah, it's hard to not chase the symptoms. But I'm telling you, if you really buckle down and get to some of those root causes, and I know it's kind of mind boggling when I say this, but the fibroids, the adeno, the endo, the PCOS, whatever, you know, the arthritis, that's really not the root of the problem. That's just your body giving you a check engine light. There's a lot more going on. So, so many times people are like, okay, you know, I'm working on the endo, I'm working on this, but that's not the root of the problem. You have to really dig deeper into that metabolic chaos and see what systems are not aligning. What things can you do on a daily basis? May it be, you know, supplements or nutrition. I mean, it's even, you know, when you talk about about making changes, toxic people, you know, we're all about, you know, using clean products and essential oils, but then you have this toxic, you know, friend group that's always like talking shit and causing drama and all that, that could be just as detrimental to your healing journey as using bleach, right? I hate to say it, but it's like, toxicity comes in all ways. And so, like you said, having that accountability, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And I know for me, it took a lot of training and surrounding myself with the right community where I'd be like, yeah, this, this does make a difference. You know, I can have all the proper nutrition and fitness in the world, but if my mindset is not in the right place, if I don't really feel like, and believe that I can beat this, then it doesn't matter what I do. I'm still going to have the same results. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so one of the things that you work on is balancing hormones. And I know that you mentioned some hormone testing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to get your advice on like, because as I've seen from going to naturopaths, Mm -hmm. there are different, there are different tests that you can do. And each of them have different pros and cons. And um, so I'm doing um, the Rhine test, which is a 24 hour urine test. Mm -hmm. 
what are the different options and why, like if someone is, if, ha- if someone is having this problem and they're going to their natural path or they're going to another doctor or a hormone counselor or something else, what should they be requesting and what questions should they be asking? So the testing is different for everyone. I personally don't do the test that you're doing. I don't do that a lot. I do the Dutch test. And then in some people, I do the saliva. This is the thing. And I like that you asked this question. I'm like, let me lean in on this one because I could come up with a cookie cutter answer. But when I think about my own practice, it's more about the intake. Just because someone has endometriosis doesn't mean like, oh, you know what? They should eat this. These are their vitamins. It's not that cookie cutter. So if you're going to someone and they're like, well, I always do a bowel test and I always do a Dutch test and I always do this, that, and the other. If they're saying all that before they actually look at your symptoms, your symptoms will tell you what needs to be done. I have a new patient that I just brought on and she was like, I'm so interested in my hormones. But right now her gut health is so, I mean, pun intended in the toilet. We have got to fix her gut health and get that detoxification pathway as far as like getting rid of the constipation. We've got to take care of that before we even think about dissolving fibroids, before we even think about, you know, shrinking this and doing that. And so I I I admire when people are like, you know, these are the tests I always do, but I personally don't like cookie cutter because I know for me personally, I'm not a cookie cutter case. If you went to, you know, and looked at my situation and was like, oh, this is what we always do. My body's that one anomaly. I'm that one in a million when they say the pill may cause this. I'm usually that person that goes straight to that. And they're like, oh, that's weird because I haven't seen that in 20 years. Well, here I am here. This is what happens. So, yes, I mean, checking your saliva for hormones is a great test. You've got the Rhine test that you're referring to and then the Dutch test. So I love the Dutch test as far as hormone testing because it doesn't just tell me where the hormone levels are, but the metabolites. I don't care if your levels are high or low. And I mean, I say that honestly, I don't really care. I want to know what your body is actually doing with them, which pathway they're being pushed down, what is actually clogged. A lot of times, I mean, for example, you know, if you're dealing with weight gain and estrogen dominance, everyone's like, oh, I just need some dim. Just give me some dim, right? Everyone's talking about it. But it's like dim is amazing. But if that's not the pathway that's actually clogged, it's doing nothing for you. You know, the liver has three different phases. So it's not just the cookie cutter supplements, the cookie cutter testing. Now, overall, definitely something to check your hormone levels and then your gut health. I know people don't like to do stool samples. They're not fun. They're not sexy, but it'll get you to the sexy. Trust me, because typically when their hormones are off, your gut is off. If you've ever did any type of hormonal replacement, like birth control, different things like that. Yes, it may have been five or 10 years ago. It could have been two months ago, but you have to properly detox all of those synthetic hormones out of your body and retrain your body to do all those things naturally. Because when the birth control showed up, it kind of told your hormones like, hey, we don't need you to do your job. Go take a break. They've been on vacation for two or three years. Now the hormonal birth control is like, see you later. And your hormones are like, oh, you want us to work? Because we've been on vacation. You know, we've been on vacation vacation with the bay out and about for three years. Now you want me to do my job. So it's the nutrient deficiencies. Um, I like to check a lot of nutrients because sometimes once again, we've all been there, not coming from the high horse, taking the birth control, not being able to eat properly, you know, always being bloated, not properly nourishing your body. You have a lot of nutrient deficiencies as well. So I would encourage a full intake with whoever you're working with. I do that definitely with myself. And then we kind of build the protocol. Um, That's another reason I think now why I don't do a lot of group coaching because everyone is so individualized and I'd rather just work specifically on what you need. You have me on speed dial. If you're 
working with me for three, six, nine or whatever months so that we can really build your blueprint and then pivot because your body is going to pivot and change as we start to get things balanced and to also realize it's not going to happen overnight. You know, all of these symptoms didn't appear in 90 days. They're typically not all going to go away in 90 days. Like that's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things to struggle with, right? Especially because we're used to um, this idea of modern medicine of like, mm -hmm. I'll take a pill yes. and then it'll be done, right? But that's not actually how our bodies work. But we've been like told that over and over for so many years. And it's so deeply ingrained with us that like, oh, you just go to the doctor and mm -hmm. he gives you this medication and you don't have to change anything else. And it'll it'll just magically go away. But right. most of the time, what they're doing is managing your symptoms mm -hmm. and not ever touching on the original issue. Mm -hmm. I say it's like we want to Amazon our health. You know, Amazon's got us so trained for an extra $2.99. You can have it in three hours. It'll be on your porch in just a minute. And it's like you can't Amazon your health. You can't pay an extra $2.99 and get it tomorrow. But what I will say is, yes, it's going to be consistent and it's going to be a little bit longer process, but it will bring longer lasting results because when you're managing a chronic illness, it's lifestyle changes. It's not going to be a 21 day sugar detox or juice cleanse or a water fast that's going to just cure everything. And so I think when you're desperate and you're searching for something, you just want anything that's going to be quick. So that would be the other thing, you know, you don't want to be doing any, you know, every test under the sun, but you don't want to be signing up for something where they're saying they're going to be able to cure everything in 21 days, you know, or this one tea and this one gummy, you know, is going to balance your gut and turn your world around. It may help, but you need to make sure you have a clear blueprint and plan. Yeah. So how do people, so how do people start? Where do you start? Well, you could start with me. I'm going to plug that in, right? You All need right. to start by number one, realizing it's okay to not be okay. For so many years, we're just running around. We don't want anyone to know like, girl, let it go. You got a problem. Find some help, right? Talk to your doctor talk to your practitioners, really let them know what's going on and make sure you have a doctor that's listening to you. Now, if you've tried all the conventional medicine and you're over it, or you're like, I don't even want to do all the pills, potions and lotions. I want to go straight to the money. Then you can click the link. We'll have all that information and let's get on a discovery call and see what's going on. Sometimes it could be a nutrition change you need to make. Sometimes we're going to need some testing now. And like I said, sometimes you've been dealing with these diseases for 10, 15 years. You're going to need to kind of buckle down. But here's what I'll always say, if someone would have told me this five, 10 years ago, you know, 20 years ago at the beginning of my journey, it would have took me straight to the results. But what I did was DIY, right? I went 10 steps forward, 18 back. Then I got better. Then I got worse. I threw myself into healing crisis because I was just doing what everyone's recommending. And I really like to just get you straight to the money. Is it going to happen overnight? No, but you've also got to be committed. You know, your hormones or, you know, it's vital. Your gut health is vital. And so many times we think we want to heal ourselves, but you don't want to really commit the time, energy, and effort. You want it just instantaneously. And so I think that can be very discouraging as well. And that's why I say if anyone's promising these things like overnight, to be very cautious of that. Yeah. And there are so many, right? There are so many different things. I mean, I see it all the time on mm -hmm. Facebook feed of like, oh, do this program and this will magically happen and you'll mm -hmm. lose like 20 pounds in right. two weeks. 
cakes and this and my that. Christmas. Like, you'll be a size two. <laughs> yeah. Right. And things you can do like now, right? Some of the stuff when I do intake, and this is just freebies that I'm throwing out is I noticed people aren't drinking enough water. You know, I had a patient and she's like, I don't consider water a beverage. Then what is it? If it's not a, I'm, I'm confused. Tell me where I'm, I'm lost. Where is it not a beverage, right? Making sure you're getting in enough water making sure you're getting in a lot of whole foods and nutrient dense foods, cut back on the processed foods. I'm not saying that you can't have a protein bar or a protein shake or whatever, but a lot of you are dealing with a lot of food allergies, food sensitivities, you're super bloated. So you're trying to limit your food intake and you're in that mindset of, I, you know, Oh, I've gained a little weight. I need to cut back. So you're trying to do the scarcity, right? So number one, drinking the water. Number two, stop counting the calories and just get in nutrient dense meals to heal your body. Number three, stop just taking random supplements. Make sure you're working with someone that's actually telling you which supplements work for you. I know it's hard because you've seen the gummy here. Someone else said to do a coffee enema, you're trying to do all the things. And sometimes that can really work against your healing journey. I know for me personally, I did it. You know, I was taking the probiotics thinking it was just going to cure my gut health. And it was like, uh, no, you have a bacterial overgrowth. You've got some other work to do to heal this leaky gut. So yes, drink the water, get in the nutrient stents mills and stop sprinkling supplements on every single symptom. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And the, the best way to do that is going through you or um a naturopath or absolutely a, yes alternative medicine doctors yeah so that you can get a full sometimes you just need to get a new set of eyes on the situation if you've been suffering for years and i have someone now they're like well i've been doing this for years it's like yeah but you're not getting anywhere you've been doing it for years but you're still in pain you've been vegan for 15 years but you're still having murder scene periods. You know, you've been water fasting, you know, for three months. I've got one now, you know, been water fasting for 90 days and you're still gaining weight. You know, at this point, it may be time to get a fresh set of eyes on it because maybe just that whole restrictive scarcity mindset of not eating and not nourishing your body could be working against you. So sometimes I think you just, like I said, you need a fresh set of eyes, a fresh perspective. You've done it on your own long enough. Sometimes we just have to humble ourselves and get some help. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's very important to note, like, especially because you're going to be met with resistance, Absolutely. right? You're, you're going to be met with resistance and resistance from the people that are supposed to be helping you. And so it's really, really hard to kind of come to terms with that mm -hmm. on, on, a, on a mental level, right? Mm -hmm. On an emotional level, like you're doing the things and you're being turned away or you're not being listened to. Um, do you have any tips on how to find the people that will listen to you or um, how to recognize them when you do find them? That's a good question. Advocating for yourself and community are huge. What I will say before I answer that is some of you, I don't know who this is for, but some of you are in a community right now and you've been there too long and you've outgrown your community right? You're in the community where it's like, oh my gosh, another crappy day, another day in the dumps. Oh, I'm in pain again. And it's all negative. You know, my doctor won't listen. I hate my body. And some of that can be working against you. Now, when it comes to advocating for yourself and finding that community, sometimes I feel like just stepping away from everyone and assessing what it looks like. What do you want in a partner? What do you want in a community? What do you want in a doctor? And ask them when you're going to a new doctor appointment, I tell people it's an interview. It's kind of like a job interview. 
But just because you're going to the first appointment doesn't mean you're stuck with them. You know, your insurance has more than one OB-GYN, one more, you know, more than one pain management specialist. You know, ask them questions and let them know, like, this is my goal. I think sometimes when we're wanting to set up our team and really our crew is we're not asking the right questions, but neither are we communicating with them. Like, hey, I realize I have debilitating period pain and this, that, and the other, but my goal is to do X, Y, Z, one, two, three. I think sometimes we just go in and we're like, here's our problem. And then, you know, either they're listening to us and they're not. And then if they are listening to us, they come up with a solution and you're like, that's not what I wanted to do. Well, did you tell them that you wanted to stick with more natural options? Did you tell them that, you know, you may not want to get on birth control because you're looking to have a baby in a couple years? Like, did you tell them that your period is keeping you from going to work? So we have to really make sure we're speaking up and advocating for ourselves. Now there are times where they're just being dismissive and they're not listening. And at that point, I hate to say it, you just got to fire them and let them go. Because here's the deal. Them dismissing you for seven minutes is one thing, but real talk, you're the one that's going to have to sit on the couch for the next two, three months between appointments, miserable, in pain and suffering. So do not let that seven minutes, you know, just be like, well, okay, I'll just suffer. You have to advocate for yourself and have someone that actually listens. Yeah. I, I have to say like, I, I, I now, so I have this amazing PCP in New York. Mm -hmm. I now live in Arizona. And so I am so oh, neighbors. For... I didn't know you were oh. here. Oh yeah. I'm in Phoenix. Where are you? Oh, I'm in Scottsdale. Hey. Oh, hey. I'm in Awatuki. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. I, I've been looking for a PCP. And I so I went to one because I, I've been for about a year pretty much using my PCP in New York slash my naturopath as my PCP. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're like, when you got to get blood tests, it's got to be, it, unless you want to pay for it out of pocket, you got to go through insurance. So you need like somebody to prescribe mm -hmm. that, um, that insurance is covering. Mm -hmm. So I actually went to a doctor and I had this, so I, I went in there, I had this feeling like he was not listening to me. Mm -hmm. And the second thing he says to me when he finds out I've, I use a naturopath is, Nat naturopaths are idiots. They only look at one thing. They don't look at your whole body. You need to get out of this, blah, 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 blah. And like basically everything completely oh. untrue about naturopaths. Mm -hmm. And then, so already in my mind, I'm like, okay, this guy is not for me. You're like, we're, not gonna, for me. <laughs> we're not going to be, you know, continuing right. with this. And then the final nail in the coffin for me was I had a sore throat. And I asked him to take a look at it. And he looked at it and he said, oh, your tonsils look fine. And I looked at him and was said, I haven't had tonsils since before I was 10. So you didn't even look. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it looks all right to me. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And then came up with this thing that like maybe one of them maybe grew back a little because I see a little something there. I immediately went to an ear, nose, throat doctor after that and was like, is there anything there? Right. Is there something going on that I don't know like, about? <laughs> you have nothing. Like, they're not there. So I was just like, this guy is a complete idiot. And like, sometimes it takes those moments. But right. if I wasn't the type of person that is like, okay, doctors are not God. Correct. And they don't know everything. And I have been living in my body for almost 35 years. And mm -hmm. um, if I wasn't that person... I could have listened to that 
and I could have been freaking out that my tonsils grew back. I could have been on the cake when the tonsils aren't even a thing. Yeah, they look pretty good back there. Oh, yeah, okay. he literally said, your tonsils aren't red. I'm like, because I don't, I have, don't have any. Yeah, like I haven't had tonsils since before I was 10, but thank you. I appreciate your, uh, your insight. Your, Yes, you're, you're obviously very amazing insight into this matter. Your absolute negligence to my health. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, I got about one more minute and I've got somewhere else to be. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was really that. So how yeah. do you get into the because so I've had things over my lifetime that have made me like this. I have had to advocate I'm the same way over and over and over mm -hmm. for myself from a very young age, like from a very young age, I will share. Um, I had, I started, I was in high school and I had this pain in my knee mm -hmm. and I kept going to doctor after doctor, orthopedic surgeon after orthopedic surgeon. I have this pain in my knee. It won't go away. Nobody finds anything wrong. They tell me I'm crazy and that I'm making it up. My mm -hmm. mother's like, she's not crazy. We're going to keep going until we find mm -hmm. something out. This one guy wanted to do an exploratory surgery. My mother's like, you're not cutting her open mm -hmm. without doing any testing. Just because you think that cutting me open will like make my crazy go away. That's not how this works. Mm -hmm. Until we finally get to an, one final orthopedic surgeon who says, did anyone do an MRI of your back? Mm-hmm. And it turned out I had two severely herniated discs and had the spine of a 50-year-old construction worker. And it was sitting down, sitting on a nerve, my sciatic nerve that went down my leg. And that's why my knee hurt me was all the time. Mm -hmm. So like from that, from high school, I already understood like they don't know everything. And Correct. sometimes you know what's going on with your body. But had I not had those experiences, mm -hmm. I don't know that I would be in this position that I am today. Even when I was diagnosed with POTS, people said, like I've sp spoken to other people with POTS and they're like, it took me eight years to get diagnosed because they just kept telling me I had anxiety and pushing me away. Mm -hmm. And I went through that, but it took me eight months because mm -hmm. I was just like, no, I'm not anxious. There's something wrong. And There's it took me 16 wrong. years to get diagnosed with endometriosis. And it was, you know, it was almost like a diagnosis of exclusion. They had tried everything, you know, and I honestly, it was back in the day where we didn't save paper. I was printing all this stuff and I took it to my doctor and I'm like, I think this is me. And they're like, yeah, I think you're onto something. And so I hate to say it just because they wear the white coat do not dismiss what you know. And the most professional way I always say this, if you know in your knower that you know something is not right, do not back down. And you just have to keep repeating yourself. And if they're not listening, then it's having a conversation with them like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. This is my documentation. And it's sometimes also I found letting your doctor know, like, maybe you should refer me out because sometimes there's just some pride. Like, oh, you know what? If I can't figure out what's something wrong with LJ, then there just ain't nothing wrong with LJ. Is it that or is it just out of your area of expertise and you need to send me to a specialist or be humble and say, you know what, LJ, I don't really know what's going on with your back or, you know, I don't know what's going on with your knee. Maybe I should refer you out. But so many times, guess we have someone at the home, which I wasn't expecting. Um, they just want to keep you in the office. Like, I don't even know what to do here. <laughs> um, you can run. Me too. At my door. Two seconds. <laughs> no problem. This has happened to me before. Do not worry.
So if anyone is listening, um, if you're watching this now or you're watching this on the replay, make that you are your own advocate, especially when it comes to issues like this. Like it can, it can be the difference between suffering with something for eight years or suffering with something for eight months without a diagnosis. Right. Sorry, I was just kind of like doing a little. <laughs> this is real life, right? You can't make yeah. this stuff up. <laughs> this is why I love live, by yeah. the way. It has happened to me so many times. I will tell you, I've been on on live streams where like I had to get the door and it was um, it was a delivery. Yeah, and I'm like, just just wait a few minutes and bounce. I'm like, what do you need? Yeah. Don't even tell me yet. I'll be right back to you, sir. Yeah, and most of the time, like my husband is here, and so that one time that they're like, not in the backyard like, doing like, like oh. leaf blowing or something, and I was just like, oh man, oh. what do I do? What do I do? You're in the life. I'm, you know, I have to say, I'm super excited. You're local. We're gonna have to like connect and get together, like. This could be a yeah. total connection here. Yes, I love I know. it. I know. I am actually super excited about that because I might be seeing you soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So there is another topic that I want to talk about because I think that it gets glossed over a lot. Um, and that is being a person of color mm -hmm. and approaching this from that. Because a lot of times as a... Um, so I'm Syrian Israeli, and so I don't have necessarily the same, I, I don't get the same type of thing because I am white passing. But there mm -hmm. is this idea that people of color can withstand more pain. Yes. Um, and I think it's 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 mind blowing. I don't it understand is. where this happened or why anyone would think of that or why anyone should have to withstand more pain. Mm -hmm. um, but can you speak a little bit to that experience and how that tied in with with your journey and the diagnosis? Absolutely. And it's so interesting. Some of that came from the medical community, but also I'll be very honest as a strong black woman, it came from my mother. At the age of 14, I started my period when I was 12. I had, you know, an incident at 14 where it started to be debilitating. And my mother sat me down. Um, my parents, you know, are Christians. They're a pastor. And it was more like, number one, tap into your faith. Pray about it. Give it to God. Everything will be good. Number two, you're a strong black woman. And I was basically told I did not have permission to say that my back was hurting, that my period was bothering me. Um, the fact that I was passing out, you know, it was just kind of like, well, if you are, you know, then make sure you get back up and keep on keeping on. And so a lot of that came from my family and upbringing. I love my parents. I love my mother. But that was something I had to really be like, it's OK to not be OK and, you know, the whole like, it's not all in my head. I'm like, no, I did just pass out and have to pick myself up. And it's like, I cannot walk. It is not okay. There's something going on. And so there's a lot of disparity in the brown and black community. I think there's also, I mean, you know, with all the research and I mean, going all the way back to Tuskegee and before then, you know, where people have been manipulated, they've been lied to. So there's a lot of fear there. And then there's also the thing of you're a person of color, you know, if I'm going to give, you know, Susie Q, we'll give her four pills, you know, oh, LJ, she's black. She only needs one and one fourth. You know, she only needs a pinch and because, and this is just disheartening because they're teaching it in medical school. And so it's not like, and I've had many surgeons, I have a surgeon that I work with currently right now, and she's had to let people go at her practice because she was looking and she was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, you know, we dose it differently. And she's like, no, like 
broken leg over here, broken leg over there. We treat, you know, everyone the same, despite, you know, anything that may be going on. But this cookie cutter, like, oh, a person of color, they only need a half of the dose or, oh, you know, they it's like we've almost got to go in and be overly dramatic. And then if you're overly dramatic, I remember running into then, oh, you think I'm pain pill seeking? And it's like, no, I'm not pain pill seeking. And I had to be in tears saying, I don't even want the pain pills. What I really want is to figure out like, what the heck is going on with my body? Like why I'm bleeding all the time, why I'm cramping, why I can't, some days I'm at my office and I can't even remember my last name. I can't, I'm filling out paperwork. I can't remember my social security number. I remember filling out forms for my kids to go to school and I couldn't remember our address. I was like, I need to know like what's going on with my body. And so a lot of time in the brown and black community, they're untrusting of the doctors and, it, and for good reason, you know, there has been people there have been people that have you know mistreated misdiagnosed um you know totally disrespected i honestly have had yeah, a lot of stuff happen to me and definitely recently in the last three years there's definitely been an uptick and so they either you know you're a person of color so they kind of want you to just you know go with the program shut up and go along and then if you advocate for yourself then it's almost like how dare you right and then if they find out i'm a doctor then it's like oh well you know and suddenly the care changes and then it's like i don't care if i work at mcdonald's i pick up the trash or you know i graduated from harvard it, it, i should be treated with respect right so there's a lot that comes in like that could be a whole other podcast about how we really have to remember that we know our body just because they have the white coat just because you know this white male doctor tells every female that has fibroids we just want to yank out your uterus and that's going to fix it like let's take that a step further if every person of color that has a period problem or a reproductive disorder needs to take out their uterus where would we be there wouldn't be any of us right so we also have to take in these hidden agendas once again not to operate in fear and be like that's why we don't trust the white man it's, that is not what i'm saying by any means but we need to advocate for ourselves and we need to know that we're going to come up against that resistance and be prepared right have your ducks in an order you know have your stuff in line make sure that you're documenting and truly explain i know it's hard when you're in pain because you want to go in with that sassy black girl attitude and set everybody straight right i've been there but that's probably not going to bring you the best results either but there is so many disparities and a lot of women of color I think even with myself, we normalize these period issues. We normalize it because we don't know any better. In our mind, I know even in my family, um, on my mom's side of the family, all the women have had hysterectomy. So it's just normal. The fact that I, you know, got diagnosed with endo and didn't just rip out my uterus, they're just like, what do you mean? That's what we've always done. You know, it's just like mama and them always have done that. And it's like, no, like, I don't want to just rip out my uterus, not to mention that's the biggest misconception. Endometriosis, not like Adeno, endometriosis is not inside of your uterus. So just ripping out all your female parts is not going to cure your endometriosis. You could still very much still have the lesions, the bleeding, you know, over 70% of my patients have endo, have had full hysterectomies, and they're still cramping and bleeding and dealing with all of those issues. So it's, it's a lot of education and a lot of misrepresentation, even when it comes to case studies and research. Most of them are, you know, a white male. That's not going to help, you know, me or you, no matter what color you are as a female. But definitely when you bring in female hormones and sex hormones and all that, it changes the landscape. So there's also just a lot of disparities in the research, the care. I think there's also just a miseducation that, um, you know, as a person of color, we don't want anyone to, to see our pain. We don't want anyone to know we're suffering. And once again, I don't know who this is for. 
but everyone already knows there's a problem. They notice that you're missing work. They notice that you're running late. They notice that your presentations aren't on point. Your kids notice that you don't have energy. So this whole hiding in plain sight, trying to maintain this strong woman of color act, it really is an act and it's overplayed. Like been there, done that. That's why I'm kind of like, eh, it is what it is, right? Like we just need to humble ourselves and really advocate for ourselves and just realize that we deserve health. We deserve the proper care. Unfortunately, it just may be a little bit harder to get it. And I mean, I hate to say that. And I wish I could say these are the three steps to make it all better, but it's just a little bit tougher, but it's worth it. You know, I'm living my best life that, you know, I had to advocate for myself. I've been misdiagnosed before. I've been mistreated. Um, I've been super disrespected until someone realized I was the same person that was on the news 20 minutes ago, giving health tips. And they made the connection that the person sitting in the office was the person on TV. And then suddenly my care, you know, moved up to the highest level. But it's like, I shouldn't have to be anyone special or important or someone that you recognize to suddenly give me the proper care. But that is the world that we're living in right now. Yeah. And I think it's also important because I had uh, something similar in my family where like, we don't complain. We just keep going. Uh, if you have to, like, I, I remember being 12 years old and having periods so bad that I would have to go into the staircase in school and like huddle in fetal position until mm -hmm. it passed a little bit so that I could get back up and go to class. And like for my family, that was totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like push through, just, mm -hmm. just go hide away for a few minutes and then you got to get right back up and you got to mm -hmm. get back into class and you got to do what you have to do and you can't complain about it. Mm -hmm. And you just have to keep going and you just have to keep pushing. And even as an adult, I have these conversations sometimes with my mother and uh, I laugh with my husband about it. Like she'll say things like it is what it is or mm -hmm. we laugh so that we don't cry. But like those are not things that necessarily we should be teaching to our children. Mm -hmm. That's not the attitude that we should be having. We should allow people to feel what they're feeling mm -hmm. and identify that there's an actual issue and get it addressed instead of just ignoring it and ignoring it mm -hmm. and ignoring it and have it affect our lives. It's that strong trauma mindset. And I, with my patients, I work with that, you know, nobody wants to work with mindset because that's not sexy. They're just like, cure my period pain, but it's a mindset thing. It's that trauma of where you're like, I'm always in pain, you know? So you start planning to be debilitated. You start planning to miss out like holidays are coming up and some people are already like, well, I probably won't be able to do this. I won't be able to enjoy Thanksgiving. Oh, Christmas will be horrible. And it's the mindset and where you're just in trauma and you really begin to just build this foundation of trauma. And then when something actually good happens or it's not traumatic, it's like you don't even know how to act. Like you're in your safe place and you're like, oh, I don't even... I'm just so used to being in trauma and pain. And so it starts at a, it's a, it's a process. It is. I know it can be overwhelming, but I mean, this has been a great conversation. And I think also just to get people to start thinking like, what do I need to do? Am I advocating for myself? Is there things going on with my female health, my reproductive health that I'm ignoring? Are there things even going on with my mental health? Maybe that I'm ignoring that I don't want someone to know, but I'm telling you it, it's overrated just hiding in plain sight. Like you just so much freeing. I think even for me, my healing journey, it was just so much better and more productive when I was open and honest that I was suffering, that I needed help. Like it was freeing from my soul. And it also was so much help, super helpful to the people around me. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say for anyone that's trying to advocate for themselves, one of the best things that I have done is write 
it down. Mm-hmm. So when I was getting my heart condition diagnosed, I literally kept a log on my phone of every single time that I had an episode, what it felt like, how long it lasted, the time that it happened. Like I literally logged everything. Mm-hmm. And then when I was able to come with that to the doctors, I was able to say like, here, this is exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like. Because when you're sitting at that doctor's office, you go blank. You think you remember everything mm-hmm. that you need to say. It, it doesn't come out. Yeah. I tell people I talk text. I don't like to type it out. Sometimes I'll talk text everything in Google Doc and then clean it up. And that that's kind of your ammunition. That That's how you advocate for yourself. You can't just go in and be like, oh, my period's really bad. No, my period's really bad. I missed six days of work last month. I passed out twice. P.S. It was really weird. My nose was bleeding. Oh, by the way, the last time I had my period, I was coughing up blood. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not sleeping. Uh, My period was two weeks ago. I've been constipated for two weeks. I'm not having bowel movements. Like, once again, that's part of advocating for yourself is creating that log. When I think people think logs, they're just thinking like a food journal or counting calories. I'm like, honey, we're way past counting calories. (laughs) Like, we're talking about what is going on with your body, even myself in my healing journey. Like I said, I had my breast implants removed earlier this year. I'm still detoxing. So there are things that I'm keeping track of my gut health, you know, am I getting rashes? Am I detoxing properly? Like all of that's important. So if something does happen, even a doctor needs a doctor. I don't treat myself. I have a team that I'm like, Hey, it seems like this is going like my vision changed for the better. Like it was just kind of like, Oh, I took my breast implants out. Now I can see better. Okay, cool. Like clearly it was, you know, doing something to the nerves of my body and detoxing. And I'm, but it's just making yourself aware of that. And a lot of people are just not aware of their body. There's just not a body awareness. I mean, they go to the doctor. When's your last period? They're clueless. They don't know when their last period was, you know, get the app, write it down. I mean, whatever you got to do, but that's, that's kind of the ammo. That's what you really need. Cause it's, it's easy to say your doctor's not listening and that's usually the case. But then when they are listening, you don't even know your own body. You know, the thing that you think is normal, you know, the eight day period, the nine day period, that's the things you need to be telling them because that may need be normal for you, but that's not optimal health. Yeah. And I, I love that you said, get the app and log it. I know that a lot of people have been scared recently about health apps and logging their period and making an electronic record of that. Mm -hmm. For those people, go back to regular calendars. Mm -hmm. I keep mine on my regular calendar. I don't necessarily use a period app. But I'm all about talk texting, you know, different things that are happening. Like I just kind of keep a running healing journal. I call it my little healing journal. But yeah, I mean, put it on your calendar, you know, first day of bleeding, especially because I'm into cycle syncing as well. So I want to know when to optimize my energy, when your girl needs to sit down and shut up and just chill for a bit. Like I know all of it is just right there on the calendar, right? Like that's me using my period as my superpower versus it just dragging me along for the ride because that's not fun. Ooh, so tell me a little bit more about cycle syncing because I, I yes. don't really know that much about Yeah, that. so I track my cycle. Like I said, as entrepreneurs, I track my cycle because the short and sweet of it is there's ebbs and flows in your hormones, right? So the first two weeks of your cycle, the day one to day 14 is kind of once, you know, section part one and then part two. Most people only think of their period the day they're bleeding. They're like, where's the tampons? Where's the pads? 
okay, yes, yes, and yes. But I want to know what's going on with my body. The first half of your cycle, you're really focusing on decreasing inflammation. The second half of your cycle, you're focusing on detoxification. So there's certain foods that I eat. I mean, I do tongue scraping for detoxification, red light therapy. When we get together, we'll talk about all these things. Yeah. But yes, yeah, cycle syncing is amazing. I mean, you can bring in foods, but it's really working with your cycle. Sometimes as a female, we beat ourselves up because we're like, oh my gosh, I'm such low energy today. I wanted to do, you know, podcast recording all day and do 25 TikToks and I don't have the energy. Well, sometimes, yeah, you just don't have the energy, but it's also depending on where your hormones are at, there are going to be weeks that you can get a lot more stuff done and you're more outgoing than there's going to be weeks. Like when you're bleeding and you're on your period and you're detoxing, you want to go more inward. It's time to kind of comfort yourself, bring in those healing foods, have that time to heal and nurture. And then as those, you know, hormones kind of elevate and get back up, then you're feeling more outgoing. I change my workouts depending on my cycle, you know, like for some people that love to run and CrossFit and all that. I think that's great. But the week that you're bleeding, that's not the most nourishing workout. So yeah, maybe we should do a, a, a podcast all about cycle syncing because it yeah. is very powerful when you work with your cycle, especially when you've got those hormonal imbalances. It kind of gives you like that edge to just help you once again, where you're not being dragged around by the symptoms. Like you kind of know what's coming. Once again, it's not set in stone. Everyone's body is different. But when you kind of know how your flow is going, when you're ovulating, when you're going to have more energy, you can kind of, like I said, use it as your superpower so that you can actually like optimize it. And then you know when you need to kind of chill and sit back and just relax and let your body heal and do what it does. I love that. And I, I'm going to take you up on that. I would like yeah. to do just a podcast I'm down. about all of that. Um, okay. So we have gone over an hour. Yes. So oh my gosh. <laughs> if people want to reach out to you, how do they get in touch? Yes. Instagram is the best way. It's LJS underscore powerhouse. I'm sure it'll be in the links. Um, you can go to my LJS powerhouse.store. I've got a lot of products on there. A detox tea, lots of stuff. If you have endo digital courses, but if you want to work with me, maybe if you have questions, maybe you're like, Hey, I think I have a crazy period. Or maybe you're like, I don't know what's going on. I just need answers. You can click the work with me and let's hop on the free discovery call. Or if you're local, we can get together. I'm down for that as well. Um, but yeah, definitely my Instagram has a lot of free content just to really like I said, put you in the driver's seat where your hormones and your body aren't taking you for a ride 24 seven. Great. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having the conversation, for being so open Thank about you for having me. your journey. Yeah. Um, so please, if you're watching this now or you're watching this on the replay, please reach out to Dr. LJ Johnson. Um, she is a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge. I'm so happy that she was able to come here and and give us all of this, this, this gift of just allowing you to advocate for yourself and this gift of, of knowing that you're not alone. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you. My pleasure. And I'm, I'm down to come back and talk about making periods our superpowers as well. But thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you next week for another episode of Elite Speaks. Bye. Bye.